the Our Patriots podcast, honoring the men and women who achieved American independence and taken from the pages of American Spirit, the Daughters of the American Revolution's award-winning magazine. Master Gardener of West Point, Thaddeus Kosciusko, written by Nancy Mann Jackson and appearing in the January-February 2012 edition of American Spirit Magazine. For the past two years, the cadets at the United States Military Academy at West Point, along with local volunteers and faculty members, have been restoring the campus garden overlooking the Hudson River. One of the oldest gardens in the United States, it was built in 1778 by Thaddeus Kosciusko, the chief engineer commissioned by General George Washington to design and build the fortifications at West Point during the Revolution. Although he was on a tight deadline to design and build fortifications to protect the colony's supply chain along the Hudson River, Kosciusko felt it was important to create a quiet place for rest and repose, and so he made the garden a priority. With his own hands, Kosciusko built garden steps, a circle of rocks planted with flowers that reminded him of his Polish homeland, and a fountain built upon a natural spring. The garden represented for this military man a place of contemplation in the midst of great pressure and chaos, according to Betsy Blakesley, Ph.D., who's the volunteer project manager for the restoration of Kosciusko's garden at West Point, who adds that it's been used that same way ever since by cadets and officers alike. While his garden has been restored at various times over the past two centuries, it had fallen into disrepair in recent decades. For 20 years, erosion had blocked the garden's connection to Flirtation Walk, a historic rocky foot trail that follows the bank of the Hudson River. To have a place to sit uninterrupted and contemplate decisions and to be connected with nature was a very important function here at West Point that was being lost, Blakesley says. So with the help of West Point cadets and others, Blakesley has led a restoration that leaves the garden in full bloom, with fixtures repaired and the entire path of flirtation walk open again. It wouldn't have happened without the support of West Point Garrison Commander Colonel Michael Tarsa and his staff, she says. Many groups and individuals have made their mark on the garden over the years, and this is what makes them so great, says West Point Cadet Sean Flynn, Class of 2012 who worked on historical research in partnership with the West Point Museum of History and the Department of Military History at the Academy. Cadets, staff, and faculty have their own ideas of what Kosciusko's Garden and Flirtation Walk means to them, and there is no intent to take any of that away. The main goal of the renovation is the continued importance of the locations for the enjoyment of their visitors. Making the locations more inviting enables more people to share in their incredible story. Today, it's not unusual to see cadets in the garden making phone calls or to see professors and their students racing to hold class in the garden on sunny days, Blakesley says. Sometimes I go there in the early morning and see someone has left cigars or an empty bottle of wine in the garden. I think that's neat because it means the garden is being used again. While Kosciusko's garden continues to provide respite for West Point cadets and officers, the garden is hardly Kosciusko's only contribution to American history. He lobbied hard for the establishment of a U.S. military academy in America and was instrumental in the colony's victory in the Revolutionary War. Additionally, Kosciusko took the ideas and practices he learned in America back to Europe, bringing democratic ideals to Poland, Lithuania, and other European countries. Early Life A Polish-Lithuanian, Kosciusko was born in Poland in 1746 and trained as a military engineer at the Royal Military Academy in Warsaw. 
He fled his home country when he was sentenced to die for falling in love with a woman who was considered above his station. He was studying in Paris when the Revolutionary War broke out. As a student of the Enlightenment, Kosciuszko was enamored with the idea of freedom and liberty for all people, and he came to America with the intention of fighting for those ideals. Unlike some foreign officers who came to America seeking higher-level military commissions from the Continental Congress, Kosciuszko's motivations were purely altruistic and solidly founded on the ideals of the European Enlightenment, which proposed that men were born free and that governments ought to be founded by the will of the people and not the whim of a few, says Anthony J. Bajdek, retired associate dean and senior lecturer in history at Boston's Northeastern University and the National Vice President of American Affairs for the Polish-American Congress. Quote, Every aspect of his life substantiated the selflessness of his motivations both in America and in Poland. Indeed, he may be placed properly among our nation's earliest secular saints in company with George Washington, he says. Serving in America Kosciuszko arrived in America in 1776, literally showing up on Benjamin Franklin's doorstep with little more than a revolutionary spirit and a genius for engineering, says Alex Storzynski, president and executive director of the Kosciuszko Foundation and author of The Peasant Prince, Thaddeus Kosciuszko and the Age of Revolution. He began serving in the Continental Army as a volunteer, but within a couple of months, Congress commissioned him as the Army's head engineer. His first duties were in Philadelphia, where he was tasked with the fortifications of Philadelphia. In Pennsylvania, Kosciuszko first read the Declaration of Independence, Moved by the document and its espousal of his own beliefs, he set out to meet its principal author, Thomas Jefferson. A few months later, when the two met in Virginia, they spent a day discussing philosophy and other common interests and became good friends. On many occasions during his time in America, Kosciuszko was a guest at Jefferson's Monticello. Kosciuszko developed a reputation as an excellent engineer as he fortified military camps along the Canadian border, repaired Fort Ticonderoga in New York, and helped develop the strategy that led to the defeat of the British Army at Saratoga. Kosciuszko's strategy won the Battle of Saratoga. Thus, he was responsible for the turning point of the American Revolution, Storzynski says. After the victory at Saratoga, George Washington took notice and appointed Kosciuszko to improve the Continental Army's defenses at West Point. He stayed there from early 1778 until August 1780, and his plans for fortifying West Point were quite valuable, as protecting the Hudson River was crucial for the Continental Army. In fact, quote, it was Kosciuszko's plans for West Point that Benedict Arnold tried to sell to the British, Storzynski says. Kosciuszko was instrumental in determining West Point's future as the home of the United States Military Academy. He planted the idea with both George Washington and Thomas Jefferson that the United States needed a national military academy to serve as an educational entity not only for promoting the study of state-of-the-art military science, but also for fostering advanced intellectual pursuit, both being equally necessary in our new republic, Badgedick says. Although Sylvanus Thayer went on to become known as the father of the United States Military Academy, during the Academy's earliest years, Kosciuszko was known as the patron saint of West Point, Badgedick says. Proof of the admiration and reverence in which Kosciuszko was held by West Point's Corps of Cadets occurred on July the 4th, 1828, when the Academy dedicated a monument to Kosciuszko's memory for his service to America during the War of Independence, Bajdek says. Although George Washington made West Point his headquarters at one point and went on to become known as the father of his country, 
the Academy did not raise a monument to him until 1913, some 85 years following the installation of the monument to Kosciusko. After seven years of service, Kosciusko was awarded the rank of Brigadier General in the Continental Army. He also received American citizenship and a grant of land near Columbus, Ohio, and was admitted to both the prestigious Society of the Cincinnati and the American Philosophical Society. Along with Lafayette, Kosciusko was one of only two foreign officers who served in the American Revolution to be honored with membership in the Society of Cincinnati, Bajdek says. His Lifelong Friendship with Jefferson After the Revolutionary War ended, Kosciusko went back to pursue the same ideals of freedom and liberty for his own people. He became a national leader and a defender of Poland against Russia, Prussia, and Austria, earning him secular sainthood among Poles as well as Americans, Bajdek says. His life, in short, made him a role model on two continents. He was driven by a concern for the welfare of others. Standing in America and in Poland as a believer in freedom, democracy, and equality, and giving up comforts and personal pleasures in pursuit of those objectives. Kosciusko's lifelong correspondence with Thomas Jefferson, particularly concerning the immorality of owning African slaves, reveals his firm belief in freedom for all people without exception. Some of his beliefs may have been influenced by his friendship with Agrippa Hall, a free black who served as his orderly and assistant during the war. Kosciusko's attitudes on slavery were radical for his time. When he left America, he left his salary from the Continental Army, about $15,000, with Jefferson, instructing him to use the money to purchase and free slaves, Storozinski says. Kosciusko even asked that Jefferson reserve some of the money to buy land, cattle, and farming tools so former slaves would be able to support themselves. Quote, Kosciusko fought not only for freedom of the American colonies, but also for black slaves, European serfs, Jews, American Indians, women, and all people, Strozinski says. Thomas Jefferson even called Kosciusko the purest son of liberty I have ever known. Thaddeus Kosciusko died in Switzerland in 1817. Jefferson eventually withdrew from his promise to act as executor of the will after a bitter and expensive legal battle and the money was given to Kosciusko's descendants. A Living Reminder At West Point, Kosciusko's garden is a living reminder of the Patriot and his contributions to a long history of American military strength. Kosciusko's garden and flirtation walk, to me, represent an opportunity to grip hands with those members of the long gray line that have gone on before me, says Cadet Flynn. While our lives, as any old grad will not hesitate to tell you, are certainly different in many regards, we all share our membership in the Corps. An opportunity to spend a few hours or even minutes in the garden or on flirtation walk is an opportunity to reach into that nexus for guidance or reassurance. Taking a few moments of contemplation there before selecting branches, making a big personal decision, or even before an exam allows us to place things in perspective. When restoring Kosciusko's garden, it is a great passion of mine. I understand that history is not for every cadet, he says. However, it is my duty to provide the opportunity for my peers to learn about the institution they're a part of and, if they choose, to use those resources to aid them. I hope you have enjoyed this edition of the Our Patriots podcast and that you'll listen to future installments, each focused on a patriot who helped to win our independence. 
I also know that you will enjoy reading more about our nation's fascinating history by receiving a subscription to American Spirit magazine. Visit us at dar.org and search for American Spirit. Consider, too, researching your family tree and joining our service organization of dedicated women devoted to promoting historic preservation, education, and patriotism. There's something for everyone in today's DAR. This has been the Our Patriots Podcast, a dynamic duo high-five production in association with the Daughters of the American Revolution and Tin Shingle.